Welcome to the CGOB Sports Show podcast. On this episode, Jeff Natchuk, I was going to say CEO of Sport Manitoba, but he isn't anymore. Once it's midnight, yes, this final day after 24 years on the job, he talks to us about what he's going to miss and what he loved most about his job as he moves into a position with the provincial government. Also, we're joined by Bud Ulrich, former CFL official, written a book about the North End athletes of the 50s in Winnipeg. A lot of history, a lot of learning, a lot of good conversation on the podcast. After 24 years, uh, it's uh, definitely mixed emotions uh, today, for sure, being the, the last day uh, after so many great uh, great memories and so many great experiences. Have you taken much time to reflect on those 24 years yet? You know, I... I, I, I wouldn't say that I've taken a lot of time to to reflect. Um, it's been pretty hectic, and and I'm actually starting in my new position right away. Also uh, tomorrow, so it uh, hasn't been a lot of time to reflect. Uh, but definitely given some some thoughts when I've had some pockets of time to to think back for sure. And, and of course, whenever I come in contact with um, with some of the people that I've you know had the the great fortune to to work with over over the last 24 years it brings brings back a lot of memories and and thoughts and how fortunate uh, I really have been to to be able to work in a job that I've enjoyed so much um, you know and and work with so many people that are so passionate uh, about sport whether it's volunteers or or staff so yeah it's uh, it's nothing but but great memories so you are the president and CEO now. Twenty-four years ago, what was your title? It was. I started uh, actually as the the president and CEO okay. of Sport Manitoba, and that was the it was the first one actually. Uh, I was the first one um, when Sport Manitoba started back in '96. It was the the amalgamation back then, and it was through the the provincial sport policy at the time, where um, there was a uh, a directive to look at. We're streamlining the the administrative uh, aspects and the delivery of amateur sport, and there was at the time a Manitoba Sport Federation, and uh, there was a government department for sport. So both delivered uh, different sporting programs, but um, the thought was to bring it together into one organization um, outside of government uh, or arm's length from government, and so. Yeah, that's how Sport Manitoba came to be back in 96, and I was very fortunate to be brought on as their first president and CEO. And how would you say your job has changed over the course of those 24 years? Well, it's 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 changed significantly um, when we look at, you know, Sport Manitoba back 24 years ago was primarily a, a funding entity, um, received the funding from the provincial government and made the decisions on the allocation of that funding to the various provincial sport governing bodies and, and other sport partners, uh, as well as obviously delivery of interprovincial games and coaching programs and those sorts of things. So very program-based and, and funding-based. And um, when we look at sort of how things have, have evolved to now a, uh, a situation 10, I guess probably about 14 years ago now, where we are now a facility owner um, and have developed a, a facility. So 
there's definitely that um, <clears throat> that business side to things now. When we look at all the the um, the services that are provided through um, through the Sport for Life Center with our um, our sport medicine clinic, obviously, and the high performance training and the fitness center, the court space, um, the parking, uh, just the Hall of Fame uh, being included in, in the facility. So um, there's definitely a, um, a significant amount of time and energy spent on kind of the business development side of of sport, and um, and of course the end result being any revenue that's derived from the facility goes back into amateur sports. So it's a it's a very unique model in in the country, and uh, and one that has changed kind of the way this position has functioned uh, for sure from uh, from when it first started 24 years ago. Now let's go back even further to when you were a student at the U of Winnipeg and then at the U of M. Did you know that you wanted to to go into a position like this where you were executive director with Golf Manitoba and then you worked with Hockey Manitoba and working with all these sports agencies? When did you want know that you wanted to do that? Boy, now you're really going back in time when you start talking about when I was in uh, in university. But yeah, no, I, I always had an interest in uh, in sport. I mean, sport was very important to to our family, our, our parents always um, stressed the importance of being active and uh, and sport being such a character builder and, and all those other great attributes, obviously, of, of participation in sport. And um, so, uh, you know, when you look at, I was never a very good athlete, um, so I kind of thought, well, gee, what could I do that would keep me uh, involved in sport? And, um, and so, yeah, I, I always had an eye on getting into sport administration and was was very um, fortunate to. I started as a recreation director in Melita, Manitoba, as my first job, which is just a fantastic experience, and um, had a great um, experience with with golf Manitoba and and hockey Manitoba, and you know brought me through to sport Manitoba, and you know you build on on experiences, and I, I you know I tell a lot of the young students that want to get into um, sport administration you know there's nothing like uh, obviously having the education background but the experiences that can be derived from um, you know so many different opportunities that can can exist and never overlook the um, the opportunities to gain experience uh, in a number of different ways so I was very fortunate to be able to do that back in uh, a number of years ago and and get to to the point where I was been with Sport Manitoba for 24 years. Safe to say the Canada Summer Games in 2017 is one of the highlights of your time? Yeah, you know, there's there's a, a few of them, the, the Canada Games for sure. But, you know, i got to say, Christian, that I think uh, for for me personally, but, but also I think anybody who works or, or, or volunteers commits some time to, to sport, one of the, the, the greatest, uh, I think, um, feelings of accomplishment that I have is when you see our athletes um, compete and and do well, uh, when we see our, our coaches um, do well, um, you know, that's really the end product of, of what we do is, you know, providing opportunities and developing our, our athletes, our coaches, our, our officials. So when we see success in our athletes, I, I think that makes us feel um, like we've accomplished something and are achieving our goals. So that to me is, 
is front and center um, the value, I think, of, of what we were able to contribute um, as sport administrators. But when you look at some of the, the events, and, and for me personally, having been involved with the, with the Canada Games and, and being able to work with such a great staff team and, and you know, in fact, we had 6,000 volunteers uh, who delivered and the leadership from the board. Um, that whole experience was, uh, was such a great one. Um, to be a part of and looking at the legacies that it's left for the community too as you know the Pan Am Games have done prior to that um, that's that's really important too the legacies that are left for the community moving forward what are you going to miss most definitely the people um, you know it's it's been the to, to be able to to work with staff um, every day who are so committed, work with our, our different sport partners, their staff, their volunteers, the, the board of directors uh, and, and volunteers that I've been so fortunate to, to work with uh, over the years. Um, that's what I'm going to miss most is, uh, is the people. And, uh, and I'm hoping, I mean, I'm still going to be uh, as part of my portfolio in my new position. I, I have sports. So um, I, I, won't be involved uh, as as much on a day to day basis, but I'm still hoping that I'm going to be able to keep uh, keep contact with a good number of the people that I've been fortunate to uh, to be involved with over the last number of years. So, for those who may not know, you're going to work for the province as a deputy minister of sport, culture, and heritage. Why did you decide to make this switch? Well, I think it was an opportunity that. Uh, that came about. I, I, I guess I, I look at it as uh, as another challenge for for me personally. Um, I always I always like to be uh, to be challenged and take on uh, new challenges, and it, it provides me an opportunity. I think I've got um, a fair amount of background in working with uh, with organizations that uh, deliver programs within the the community, and I'm hoping that I've got something that I can contribute to uh, to assist them to to deliver in the areas of sport, obviously, um, but in the areas of culture and, and heritage. So I really see it as another uh, another really great opportunity and another challenge. And speaking of challenges, this year has obviously been a year unlike any other when it comes to everything, but sports certainly is part of that too. This, What has your view been of the pandemic and how that's affected sports here in Manitoba? Well, yeah, it's definitely been a challenge for, for everybody on so many different fronts. Um, you know, I think when we look at the the way the provincial sport organizations have been able to to react to the uh, the challenges that are put before them, uh, the responsible way in which sports have put together their return to play plans around the guidelines that have been put forward by public health and the and the provincial government, and the serious approach that they took and the responsible approach they took in their planning to make sure that those guidelines were in place and making sure that their membership and those that are participating within their sports we're doing so in a safe way, I think is something that, um, you know, can't be underscored uh, on the, the effort of the, uh, of those sports, their volunteers and, the, and their staffing team, uh, the support that sport has received from the various levels of government, the federal government programs, provincial uh, government programs to help sport continue on. Because I think that 
it's realized the importance of physical activity, the importance of sport, returning to some sense of, and I, I know the, you know, the new normal or normal is, is not the, maybe the, the, the right term to use in these crazy times, but people feel if they can get back to some of those activities that they did prior to COVID, it helps them feel um, like they're getting back to, to sort of normal activity. So I think sport has played a huge role in helping people, not only from a physical perspective, but a, um, uh, an emotional, emotional and a, a mental perspective and their mental health uh, as well as their physical health. So I think it's played a, a significant role. And um, I really have to tip, uh, tip my hat to, to all the sport organizations for the way that they've approached it. So do you still have to pack up your office, or how's that going to work? Yeah, yeah. There's still some, uh, still a little bit of uh, packing to do for sure. Um, but yeah, I've been slowly doing some of that over the the last few weeks. Any big uh, party, like a cake, say goodbye? Well, that's that's the other unfortunate part. Um, is it's very difficult to, you know, to get together with with people and uh, uh, during this time. But uh, a lot of uh, virtual conversations and thank yous and things like that that have been going on with uh, with people over the last uh, the last couple of weeks. Well, Jeff, I appreciate you taking time out of your, your final day to talk with us here on CJOB. Congratulations on what you've done and good luck in what you're going to be doing going forward. Thanks very much, Christian. I, I really appreciate it. Bud Ulrich joins us. He is a former longtime CFL referee. He's a Winnipegger, and he's written a book called Winnipeg's North End Kids in the 50s. Bud, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks very much. So, first of all, how are you adapting to to life without a CFL season this year? Well, I'm really disappointed. I was uh, looking forward to it in whatever way it was going to be handled. And uh, I'm disappointed that he didn't get the funding necessary to have uh, somewhat of a season and uh, you know, uh, I've gone. Uh, I'm almost back to normal now after officiating, and um, I, I'm I've become a critic, of course, and I watch the plays and uh, I convey them to my friend Ken Lazarick. He's the, the uh, supervisor of, uh, of games in Winnipeg, and uh, so uh, yeah, I'm very involved. Now, when you watch a football game as a former official, are you watching the action like most of us fans would? Or are you watching more for the officiating? I'm, I'm, I can't get away from it. I'm zeroing in on the officiating and, and quite critical. And uh, I convey my criticism uh, after the game and uh, or during the game. And uh, but I try to keep myself intact and uh, be a good fan. Uh, I'm a season ticket holder at the Bomber games, and I enjoy football. Uh, I, I've never left it in whatever form it play, whatever form it is. So does Ken get sick of hearing from you after games? No, he's a very good friend of mine. We uh, we officiated together in uh, many games. Uh, I've known him since my early twenties, and that goes back a long way. And uh, so, so we have a, a good uh, interaction of uh, of dialogue. And sometimes I win, and uh, most of the time he wins. <laughs> and what was your thoughts on? Uh, it's almost a year ago now that the Bombers won the Great Cup. But what was that experience like for you? That was probably one of the most exciting times. Uh, as, as being uh, somewhat of a fan, uh, you know, to see the Bombers, the way they played and uh, uh, with Kolaris and Strebler and, uh, and, and the, the momentum that they got and the, uh, 
the chemistry that was formed, and they just kept on going and building and building as they went. Uh, something like they did in the baseball season, uh, 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 and and so it, it was exciting. It was uh, probably a, a highlight for me and for many fans in Winnipeg, I'm sure. Absolutely, and it's been over a year since they've lost a game. It was just over a year ago that they lost that last game to Calgary, and then, of course, they beat Calgary, had a bye, and then the playoff run in November. Certainly an uh, experience most people in this town will never forget. Let's talk about your book, Bud. Yeah. Going back to the 50s, what kind of talent bed was the North End? The talent in the North End was uh, incredible, to say the least. Uh, there's there's many names that people will be with, familiar with, uh, some of them for sure. Uh, I go back to the likes of Billy Mojianko, who lived, uh, I lived on Selkirk Avenue across from Tobin's Rink, which was located at Shaughnessy and Selkirk. And across from uh, uh, Tobin's on the other side, north, was Billy Mojianko, uh, was uh, Aggie Kukulowicz, and down the road was Fred Shiro. Uh, getting back to Billy Mojianko, of course, he's, uh, most famous for his three goals in 21 seconds, which I suspect won't be broken with today's kind of uh, hockey setup. Uh, and and you know Billy had had um, uh, a Mosian or Mosianko built bowling alley, and uh, I recall uh, one of the uh, one of the pals in our neighborhood. He set pins for uh, Billy at his at his bowling alley, and uh, uh, Billy would come and pick him and his brother up and drive them there to set pins, and then bring them back home. Uh, so, you know, those are the kind of things that happened in our neighborhood. Uh, and uh, Fred Shiro. Now, uh, Fred Shiro was a, a highly successful coach for the Philadelphia Flyers with uh, the likes of Bobby Clark and Reggie Leach. And uh, not only was he a, a successful hockey coach, but he was uh, a very good boxer as well. And a lot of people don't know that. Uh, and then there's uh, Aggie Kukulowicz. Uh, that's uh, Linda Kaniski Rudick's uh, story of, of Aggie when he played for the New York Rangers. Um, I just might set aside here that his first game was uh, with the New York Rangers. He scored two goals, and then unfortunately he got hurt. And uh, so then he, he was hired by Air Canada as an interpreter for the uh, Canadian hockey team in the 1972 Hockey Canada Summit Series. And, and there was a, a short story, if I just may uh, may uh, convey to you. Um, uh, he was uh, he was doing Moscow, and. Um, the uh, the players were in their their room and they noticed that there was uh, some kind of a, a lump underneath the carpet and they thought maybe it might have been a bug, so they called uh, Aggie up to the room and uh, they uh, pulled the rug back and they noticed there was uh, a box with some screws around the box. And so they got a screwdriver and undid the screws, and lo and behold, uh, it was supporting a chandelier down below in a huge ballroom. Uh, <laughs> Thank oh, goodness no. there was nobody in the ballroom, <laughs> to Ooh. say the least. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So I, I guess these are just some of the tales that are told in your book then. Oh, yes. Yes, for sure. Uh, and, of course, there's there's many tales. Uh, there's uh, We've contacted, or I've contacted over 25 people from our North End uh, over who have uh, dispersed across Canada and some down in the United States. And uh, I've got in touch with those people. And, uh, and I might say that uh, there's, I, I didn't do it all alone. Uh, uh, a, a gal that I uh, knew when I was five years old way back 
in the North End. Uh, her name is Joyce Armshaw. Uh, her maiden name is Hauser. And uh, she uh, got in touch with her after several years. And uh, we, we knew each other from, I guess, 10 years old. And um, she helped doing the editing of my book. And she did some writing as well, for sure. And she kept me focused. And largely, it was a, a team process to get this book published. Now, writing a book uh, in this time, did, did you start it during the pandemic? Or were you working on it before all this happened? Well, it was in the back of my mind for a couple of years. And um, I, uh, I was out on the West Coast, and I had to cut my stay out there short because of the pandemic. And I got back on March the 17th. So I was self-isolated for 14 days, of which my kids made sure of that. And, um, and I, uh, I was there and with um, usually not much to do other than watch TV or do something. Um, I thought of my book and uh, I had somewhat of an outline and I started writing. And then once I got started writing and started talking to people, and getting emails and doing doing some interviews over the phone, um, I became addicted to it. And uh, every day I would spend uh, probably a minimum of four to five hours, and then some days double that. Uh, so I just kept at it and at it. And um, six six months later, uh, I self published the book in, in Winnipeg here, and uh, uh, and now it's. Uh, it's taken off, and uh, I'm so excited by the responses. Uh, most recently, uh, the book has, um, has, has gone to all places across Canada, some down in the States, of course. And more recently, just as uh, a couple of days ago, I got a, uh, a Facebook uh, notice from uh, a fellow, uh, Dale Lloyd, uh, who used to watch me referee hockey at the old Bison Gardens on the University of Manitoba campus. And uh, he said he used to watch me referee there. He says, and he's very interested in my book. And so we're now making um, uh, arrangements. And he is from Bangkok, Thailand. So uh, that's exciting stuff. And then to top that, I get in touch with another person in Maruchi, Maruchidor, Australia. And and, uh, she wants a book. So uh, that's really uh, not only rewarding, but it's exciting stuff. Absolutely. The diaspora of Winnipeg. They, we end up all over the place, and then everyone's still got their roots back home, and they want to know about the North End. Now, why did you feel it was important to, to tell the history of this part of our city? Well, you know, uh, it's important because um, it leaves a, a, a legacy for, uh, for the people uh, that are our kids and our grandkids, as well as all the people in the book um, it's for their kids as well. And so it's, uh, it's a collection of these stories of each person in the book. Uh, and, and they're fascinating. They're real life stories, which is, which is particularly unique. And, uh, it not only appears, appeals to people in the North end, but it appeals to people outside because they want to know what's happening in the North end. So, uh, this uh, this book uh, has brought about uh, uh, a lot of uh, incredible things that have happened. There was a fellow by the name of Alec McElway, and uh, and he was one of the tough guys in the neighborhood. And um, and and you know we um, we were trying to get in touch with his siblings, but nowhere could we find anybody. 
and and he had passed some 20 years ago and and after the book was out and we're on facebook as we're, we're on that also that facebook page called if you grew up in winnipeg and that's been very good for us um and and i get a call from a fellow by the name of darren who i find out that it's, it's alec McElway's son well i i deliver a book to him and the next day i get a call from his sister and she wants a book so i deliver it to his sister and then uh, a couple of days after she's read the book and she sent me an email thanking me so much she said i didn't know that about my father growing up in the north end and had it not been for the book i would have never known that so that's that makes me feel so nice that's awesome so if people want to get their hands on this book uh, is it uh, everywhere fine books are sold no it's not um, okay we, we deliberately we're deliberately keeping it uh, within uh, an email contact uh, which is which is uh, mine, which is uh, B Ulrich. That's B U L R I C H five zero at myMTS.net, or my phone number, which is two zero four seven nine two seven seven four zero. And uh, in Winnipeg, um, we we deliver the books in Winnipeg, and uh, we'll ship the books wherever, Bangkok included. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, Bud, I appreciate your time tonight. Good luck with this venture. Yeah, well, thanks very much, Christian. I appreciate uh, being on the show. Tune in to the CGOB Sports Show weeknights from 7 to 9 with me, Christian O'Mell. Or you can download the podcast on iTunes. It's actually on iTunes now. Wow. If you got an Android, then I think you're out of luck. But Apple products, you're good. So listen to the podcast. Please subscribe. You can rate it. What's the worst that could happen?